Welcome to the Crossroads Church Podcast. You're about to hear a message that we hope will inspire, encourage, and challenge you to grow closer to God. So sit back, prepare your heart, and see where God can take you. Maybe you have been at Crossroads for what feels like forever. You know that we do submerge services periodically throughout the year, but maybe that's where your understanding ends. Um, or maybe you are new to faith or new to Crossroads. Maybe you um, grew up in a traditional religion where baptism was part of your childhood. And when you hear us say things like, baptism is not what saves you, it raises some questions. My hope is that today I'll be able to address those questions and we can all leave here today with a better understanding of what baptism is and what it symbolizes in our life. So, you ready? Yes? Let me hear you. Are you ready? All right, all right. So if you have your Bible, pull it out. If you have your coffee, take a sip. Let's dive into the subject of baptism today. The first thing I want you to know is that baptism represents what Christ did for us in his death and resurrection. So that means first we need to understand why Christ came, why he died for us on the cross. Mark chapter 10 verse 45 says, For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. If you look back at the Old Testament, particularly at chapter, uh, Leviticus chapter 16, we're not going to read it today, but go ahead and bookmark it. It's an interesting read, and I'd love for you to take a look at it this week. It's an interesting chapter that describes the process that the high priest had to go through in order to make atonement for the people of Israel. So real briefly, I'll describe it for you. He had to bathe. He had to dress in specific garments. He had to make an atoning sacrifice for his own sins. And then he would be permitted this one day out of the whole year to enter the Holy of Holies, the innermost part of the tabernacle, in order to make an atoning sacrifice by the blood of an animal for the rest of the nation. Now, when Jesus came He was the son of God. He was fully God and fully man. He lived a perfect, sinless life. And when he died on the cross, he bore the weight of the sin of every person, not just for one nation, but for the whole world, not just for one generation, but for every generation, so that we could have a relationship with God for eternity. Aren't you thankful? When Christ came, he bore the weight of the sin of the whole world once for all so that we no longer need someone else to make atonement for us. Hebrews chapter 9 verses 11 through 12 says, But when Christ came as high priest of the good things that are now already here, He went through the greater and more perfect tabernacle that is not made with human hands. That is to say, it's not part of this creation. He did not enter by the blood of goats and calves, but he entered the most holy place once for all by his own blood, thus obtaining eternal redemption. Yes, you can give him a round of applause if you are thankful for what he did for you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. So the first thing I want you to know about baptism today, number one, submersion, the process of going under the water, represents Christ's death and burial, and it symbolizes the life we are leaving behind when we choose to follow Christ. 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 3 through 5 says, For you have spent enough time. Everybody say, enough time. 
You have spent enough time in the past doing what pagans choose to do, living in debauchery, lust, drunkenness, orgies, carousing, and detestable idolatry. They are surprised that you do not join them in their reckless, wild living, and they heap abuse on you. But they will have to give account to him who is ready to judge the living and the dead. I think this is where a lot of people get stuck. You know, they, they may be no Jesus, maybe you know Jesus, but what keeps you from giving your life completely to him is the idea that you're going to have to leave some things behind. You're going to have to leave some things behind. You're going to have to leave behind the lifestyle that you live. You're going to have to leave behind maybe some of the friendships that you have, some of the people you hang around, maybe some of the things that you say, maybe some of the things that you watch, maybe some of the things that you post. Hello. You're going to have to leave some things behind. And if you find your identity in those things, if you cling to those things so tightly, then absolutely it is terrifying to think you're going to have to leave that behind. When Eli and I first got married, we had the, uh, the opportunity to go on a cruise for our honeymoon. Anybody ever been on a cruise before? <laughs> obviously before COVID-19, and obviously before some of the other really horrible stories that have happened about cruises. <laughs> There's some really tragic things that have happened out there. Um, but if you've ever been on a cruise, you know that at each stop, you have the opportunity to go um, on an excursion. So we got to go zip lining. We got to swim with dolphins. It was so much fun. And then finally, in the Cayman Islands, we had the opportunity to go snorkeling. I'm not a swimmer. <laughs> I can swim. I am capable of swimming. I don't like to. It is not my activity of choice. And uh, anyway, I was like, you know what? It's going to be great. We're going to have a great time. And it was beautiful. It was beautiful. The water, y'all, it was crystal clear. It was blue. I mean, I'm a girl from South Louisiana. It's not hard to beat anything here, but the water was gorgeous. You could see straight through it. And the idea of swimming, sw swimming with fish was just so exciting to me. So we get our, our gear, we have our life vests on, and we get in the water, and I start to panic because I realized my feet cannot touch the bottom. This is the ocean. I can't touch the bottom here. <laughs> and I got nervous. And Eli was having to calm me down. He was like, babe, it's going to be fine. There's people literally everywhere. This is going to be fine. And he goes under. And I'm sitting there thinking, every shark story is going through my mind. All of the worst case scenarios, it's just going through my mind. And finally, he comes back up and he says, babe, it's incredible. So finally, I work up the nerve. I go under, and y'all, it was gorgeous. It was amazing. The experience of snorkeling, the experience of swimming with fish and seeing ocean life up close, the experience far outweighed any fear that I had. Now, I don't want to make light of leaving things behind. I know that it's scary. I know that it's difficult to leave things behind. But y'all, the experience of knowing Jesus, the experience of being known by Christ, the experience of the peace that you have, the experience of the joy that you have, the experience of the purpose that you have in him, it far outweighs, it far surpasses any fear or any doubt that you could possibly have. He is worth it. He is so worth it.
Let me speak for just a minute to those of you who got baptized today. You were Eli. You were Eli. You have experienced Christ. You have seen that he is worth it. And now you're telling other people, hey, he's worth it. He's worth it. How many of you know, though, that when you go under the water, you don't stay there? Number two, emerging from the water represents Christ's resurrection, and it symbolizes the new life that we have in him. This symbolizes the transformation taking place. You see, if we get lost in the burial of our old selves, if we get lost in the remembrance of who we used to be and the things that we used to do, we will get stuck there, and we will never experience the glorious things that God has called us to. You see, we were not just called out. You are not just called out. You are called to. Yeah. You are called out of sin and into a new life in Christ. Let's look at 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9. It says, But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people, that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness and into his marvelous light. Luke chapter 11, verses 24 through 26. This is an interesting passage of scripture. It says, when an unclean spirit comes out of a person, it roams through waterless places looking for rest and not finding rest. It then says, I'll go back to my house that I came from. Returning, it finds the house swept and put in order. Then it goes and brings seven other spirits more evil than itself, and they enter and they settle down there. As a result, that person's last condition is worse than the first. We were never intended to live empty. That's right. Come on. We were never intended to stay under the water. Instead, we were intended to live full of the Holy Spirit of God who calls us out of darkness into marvelous light, into the new life in Christ. Romans chapter 12, verse 2 says, Do not be conformed to this age, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may discern what is the good, pleasing, and perfect will of God. Philippians chapter 1 verse 6 says, I am sure of this, that he who started a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. And then 2 Corinthians chapter 5, 17 through 21 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone and the new is here. Amen, amen. All this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. We are, therefore, Christ's ambassadors. As though God were making his appeal through us, we implore you on Christ's behalf be reconciled to God. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Thank God. Thank God.
what we have been called to is so much greater than the things we will leave behind. Who we are called to become is so much more beautiful than the person we used to be. And the God who calls us from those things, this Jesus we embrace and we serve wholeheartedly, he is so much more glorious and powerful than the God of this world that we were once enslaved to. He is worth it. He is worth it, church. Finally, number three, Jesus was baptized. Jesus himself was baptized, and therefore he set an example for his disciples. Matthew chapter 3, verse 13 through 17, you can also find this in Mark 1, 9 through 11, and Luke 3, 21 and 22. It says, Then Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to be baptized by John. But John tried to deter him, saying, I need to be baptized by you. Do you come to me? Jesus replied, Let it be so now. It is proper for us to do this, to fulfill all righteousness. Then John consented. As soon as Jesus was baptized, he went up out of the water, and at that moment, heaven was opened, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting on him. And a voice from heaven said, This is my Son. With him I am well pleased. Jesus' whole life here on earth was to fulfill the purpose of God, making atonement for our sins so that we could have a relationship with God. His baptism marked the intentional season of ministry that he was beginning that would ultimately lead to the cross. Baptism is not what saves you. It's not. However, it does mark the beginning of a new season of your life. It's where you leave behind the old things and where you embrace the new life in Christ. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? All over this room, please no moving around, no getting up. This is a very special time, a very personal time. Maybe you're here today and you didn't know. You didn't know what Christ did for you. Maybe you didn't understand what Christ did for you. Maybe you're here today and you've been holding on so tightly to some things. You've been finding your identity in some things, in a lifestyle, in some friendships, in some relationships. You've been finding your identity in things that are not Christ. But today, you know you are ready to make him the Lord of your life. You know you are ready to be right with God. You are ready to have that assurance that should something happen to you today, you will spend eternity with God in heaven. If that's you, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand in just a minute. In just a minute. Would you just think about it? Would you think in your heart, Lord, am I ready? Am I ready to spend eternity with you? Think in your heart, am I ready to spend eternity with you? Am I willing to lay behind everything that's been keeping me from you? Am I ready to lay that at the feet of Jesus and live my life fully for you? I pray that you are. If that's you, go ahead and raise your hand. If you're ready to make Jesus the Lord of your life today, let me see your hand. I want to pray for you. I see your hands. I see your hands. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. If that's you, raise your hand. I see your hands. Thank you, Jesus. In the risers, let me see you. I, re- I see your hand. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. If you are ready to pray that prayer with me, go ahead and repeat it after me. The rest of the church is going to say it right along with you. 
Lord Jesus, thank you for coming to rescue me from my sin. Thank you for paying the ultimate price so that I can have a relationship with you. Today I acknowledge you as Lord of my life. I believe that you are the Son of God, that you died on the cross for my sin, and that you rose from the dead so that I can have a relationship with God. Help me to grow in my faith and my new life in Christ. And if that's you, put your hand up one more time. Let me see it. Praise God. Praise God. Say this out loud. Say, thank you, God, for saving me in Jesus' name.